So you got a whole uh, alpha team now, don't you? But, you? but you have a wealth of knowledge that is beneficial to a lot of people, and it we can move the needle. How often do you hear a hunting podcast? We talked about this. People relate to this. What's up, everybody? I uh, am uh, getting ready to head down to uh, Oklahoma, Texas in the next couple of days to hopefully shoot some whitetail and not fall out of a tree stand. But uh, before I head down, I'm a, I've got my uh, very longtime and good friend Phil Mendoza with No Limits Archery on the podcast. And Phil has all kinds of exciting shit popping up. So what's up? What's up, man? Hey, good morning, man. Thanks for having me on. Oh yeah, no, no, no problem. Uh, for for those who don't know, Phil, he's been on the podcast before. I was, I was trying to think last <clears> night. Was it two thousand two when I first met you? Three? No, I, it was probably a little bit later than that because I opened No Limits in two thousand nine, and then you and I had shot some together at a few tournaments, like a, a couple years prior to that. Um, but. It, <sighs> We shot indirectly, but I would say that one of the first tournaments that I actually met you and got to talk, do you remember that shoot that was inside at the Western Egg Complex where you and Tipton, I think, shot off? I yeah, I yeah. I do. That would have been 2007, maybe. Yeah, I think you're right. right. So that was around the time that we actually, um, I don't know, I would say we were more friends by that point. It was, I, I knew of you through, obviously, the forums and all that stuff, but I, we, I, we were at least in communication then. I thought I had met you with, uh, you remember, you remember Carlos and junior, um, at the old, old American Bowman, like way before that, but we didn't really, we weren't friends. I thought I had met you before that, but when did you start shooting? Uh, I, so I picked up my first bow in like 2002 and I didn't really start doing tournaments till like 2004. So I, it may have been at golden or one of those, cause I started shooting some of those shoots locally around that time yeah and um but yeah i mean carlos and those guys were were a trip and um fun crowd i mean miss some of those guys for sure yeah oh yeah for for yeah we're definitely but you um <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh the good old days um you, phil's the kind of guy obviously is, uh, has to constantly be busy trying to improve uh you know basically the the entire well <laughs> for outdoorsmen and bow hunters trying to prove everything he can, not just, you know, all over the place, but in Colorado. And so I, what, several months ago, you had asked me about doing your own hunt expo and it's called mile high hunt expo. It seems to be taking off, you know, really uh, doing really well. Um, tell everybody about that. And then also, uh, and I don't want to bash the international sportsman's uh, expo or, or whatever, but why you kind of, wanted to do your own thing. Yeah. So, you know, we've been set up at ISC at the Denver show since we opened, I think the first year was 2010. I set up there and being the local show, you know, me having to get in front of my local customers, we were, we needed to be there. And that show over time has just changed vision. I'll just leave it at that. I, I like some of the people there. I don't want to talk disrespectfully either, but their vision has just changed to where I would say it's a modified outdoor kind of flea market show, you know, is, is what it's come down to with them offering so many, so much diversity with their, their products. And, and that's not what I feel is valuable to the outdoorsmen. And, and even the, we're, we're going to be including some fishing in, in our 
expo, but it's, yeah, I tell you what, going to different shows, you know, even from the ATA to shot show and, you know, Western hunt expo and some of these other shows, smaller shows that I've been to, it's just a different feel, a different vibe at every show. And I think Western really has done a great job from getting the right people in the building and getting a lot of pretty much the relevant people in the building. And when you see what ISC was not able to do in Denver, their show was on top of the dates for ATA show and the weekend before shot show. So there was no manufacturer representation there. So as Colorado outdoorsmen, and there's just about a million hunters and fishers residents in the state of Colorado. There's, there's more hunters and, and fishermen, fishermen and women in Colorado than most other Western states. And we don't have a good representation of what a show is, you know, a, a outdoor, like a hunt expo, if you will. So it just got the wheels turned in. Like you said, I don't sit still very well. Um, I think I've, I've, I've got two other businesses that I run, obviously no limits. We've got the family business that I've been involved with since 99, 2000. And, and it just, it, it, I start making phone calls, start checking into things and things just didn't add up to me why there wasn't something better. So ended up, um, getting in contact with the Gaylord Rockies resort, the big place right there by the airport. Uh, they've got expo halls, they've got restaurants, obviously the, it, it's a hotel, but for a all inclusive weekend for somebody to come out and enjoy spending time with exhibitors, getting up, given to see new gear, hands-on meet people, meet engineers, personalities, you know, and then, you know, if they want to go have a drink or, or we've got some after parties already, we're working on being lined out for, for the show. Um, it's, it's, it's there. It's the right place to do something like this. And it's not cheap place to do it, you know? So, but we're really focusing on trying to put together a, a little, a a premium show, a nicer show. Uh, We're not going to be giant to start, obviously, you know, um, it's something that we could grow into a 450 vendor show uh, as time moves on, but we're going to start with about a 200 vendor show in April 5th through the 7th of uh, 2023, 2024, excuse me. And really excited to just put everything together. Cause like you said, we've been, it's been that snowball effect where it's just slowly kind of growing and growing and and we're starting to pick up some momentum. Um, Recently just partnered with ducks unlimited as one of our uh, conservation partners on the expo. And, you know, uh, uh, they're they're the largest wildlife conservation organization in the world, from what I understand, revenue-wise, fundraising-wise, and it's um, so things like that are the some, some of the right some some really high-profile, high-name companies are, are partnering with us to put together the best show we can. No, I'm I'm excited, and I know like you would obviously you know bounce some things off me when you were thinking about doing this and my views are pretty much the same as yours. Like, uh, I, I don't, I don't, again, I don't have anything like, like overly negative to say about, uh, you know, the, the international sportsman's expos as far as I'm sure it's good for some people, but you know, there's a lot of, um, more flea market type stuff, as you, you know, said, and it, and it is really crowded and it's downtown in the case of in Denver and it's an epic pain in the dick to park, um, which is lazy as that sounds like you haven't been to downtown Denver and it's, you know, middle of winter and you want to get over there. Like it's going to be a problem. Um, and then having the, uh, what do you want to, more of the, you know, you go to public school, um, 
you know, they're going to get you through. You go to a private school, you're going to, you know, probably learn a little bit more. You get a private tutor, you're going to have a lot better education. I look at this as it's more of a one-on-one. You have a lot more uh, time, space, and place to go actually visit and learn and look at different companies' products and things like that because you're not jamming, you know, I don't know how many people go through that expo, but a lot of them aren't maybe as serious um, of hunters as others. And this is, I would say, more geared for, you know, not, not just serious, but people serious about like learning and and seeing specific products from vendors. And I, I probably did a horrible job of explaining that, but I was excited. About well, it. no, and for sure. And you, you really hit, hit kind of one of the key points that we're working on because I, I've been pretty much exclusively bow hunting since 2000, I don't know, seven, eight, maybe somewhere around there. I've just recently started to take my kid, my kids, but my older son has shot a couple deer with a rifle. I grew up rifle hunting, you know, and so getting back into that, you know, mode of learning the different, you know, just making sure that what I'm setting him up with is the best thing I could set him up for success. And one of the things that we're really actually starting to focus on a lot is some of the long range rifle shooting uh, vendors and, um, you know, rifle accessory companies and, you know, like Viking Armaments signed up. You know, we've got XLR Industries. We just signed up Silencer Central, which is, you know, it's a huge. So there's Altera Arms. I mean, there's companies that are coming on that have never been to a show in Denver like this. And or I mean, generally we say Denver, but this is Aurora. This is the, the Gaylord Rockies just outside of Denver. Um, but really starting to work, I mean, Best of the West Arms. So there's companies that are coming on that <clears throat> have... Um, a, a, a place in that, that very focused, I would say focused more in tune. Like you said, the person that's just, they geek out on what they're looking at. They're, they're gear freaks or some of them, maybe not necessarily gear freaks, but they're just not afraid to spend the right amount of money. They get the best product out there, you know? And, and that's where, you know, having that mix of the right companies to allow that kind of consumer to have some, to, to receive some value is, is something that has just been interesting. Cause like I said, I've, I've just been a little bit disconnected from that um, side of things uh, with the ducks unlimited coming on, you know, we're, we're all obviously going to be doing some, some waterfowl and uh, you know, some upland bird where we're going to be focusing on some of that, you know, basement decoys is, is coming out, you know, as an example of some of the, companies that has some really high-end decoys we're working on a few other ones there but the, the the biggest thing is we wanted to have the right balance of you know you need some outfitters but you don't need all you know half the show to be represented as outfitters you need some manufacturer support you need some local mom pa shops that that sell some of these products that you can when you want to go back and get some of this stuff down the line a lot of these companies don't sell manufacturer direct or consumer direct. So you have to go to the local, like, like no limits. Right. So there's actually going to be a few vendors that I have in my booth from the no limit side that are um, exclusive to, you have to go to a pro shop to go buy stuff. So th- there's going to be a good mix of all that, you know, focusing on the, the theater area, the, the guest speakers, the relevant people that, have that information that that uh, maybe that one little thing that you need to put in your system to help it click that just helps you be five percent more successful or ten percent more successful and how many more tags would people fill if they're just five percent better or ten percent better 
No, 100%. not much for some people. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. And and one of the things, and I mean, as much as you know, whatever Kuyu and I talk shit back and forth with each other, Kuyu signed up, for example, in in their consumer direct, and and I'm involved in a clothing company myself with Born Primitive. And I mean, the good thing that I like about this is is people, because Kuyu makes really good clothing, is they can come and they can look at Kuyu, they can look at Born Primitive, whoever else signs up, and not just, I don't want to say, you know, hyperbole, but like the, you can kind of weed through the BS online, you're skipping all that, and you can just go go talk to the manufacturer and actually touch, feel the the, the products. Um you know, and and that's that's huge, right? And, so, and when I say that, I think you have, you know, you, you are going after the not just direct to consumer products, but you're going after the high end stuff that people can look at. Um, when you talk about long range, that is a daunting uh, task to dive into ultra long range shooting. And when I say that, I suck at it. It's not my thing. But what better place to go than where you can walk up and actually talk to a manufacturer, actually talk where you like, whether it's Viking Armament, XLR, the best of the West or whatever, the ones you listed. I mean, if somebody wanted to get into archery and got online, they might stab themselves in the eyeball by four hours of Googling, where if you could just walk and talk to someone way easier. And again, that's where I kind of use the the tutor analogy. Yeah. And so we've got actually, you know, to, to on the education piece, because that you're, you're hundred percent right. As, as I've been, you know, trying to learn every company that comes on that reaches out or we've reached out to, I've tried to learn a little bit about them. If I'm not familiar with that company, because I feel like for me to make sure that they're getting what they need, I need to have an idea at, as to what they do. So I'm having to learn a little bit about a bunch of new companies. And one of the big things that I'm, that I'm focusing on is that, present the presentation and the the theater area and we also have a smaller workshop area so we're going to have the opportunity to do some panel discussions um q a's with some of the you know the the consumer that comes in i mean i'm trying to find the right word right it's the, the the person that comes in the doors to to get this information obviously we want to put some as many high profile high name relevant guest speakers on the stage as we can but at the same time, how many really, really good technical people are there, out there are there that maybe don't have that, you know, personality that just likes to be in front of two or 300 people on a stage and, you know, live that up. But they're really good in a 20 to 40 person setting where it's more hands on workshop, you know, demonstration. So we've got a smaller workshop area, too, where maybe maybe some people are great on the main stage and other people are like, hey, I really just want to focus on this one topic of long range shooting for the new shooter that really is going to help them get set up, set up on the wrong the right foot. And let's put you in a little workshop area. You know, there's going to be 35, 40 place, uh, seats there for people to sit, obviously standing room around there and just have that dynamic as well of the education piece. Um, to, to do some more there because that's that's the thing man when i used to go to isc years ago i i don't know if uh i don't remember how long it was ago but it, i went to listen to chuck adams on a on a seminar and i i mean i read chuck's book and i'd followed him on the magazines and everything and i tell you what it was it was not what i expected when i got to see and i nothing but respect for chuck adams right um old school bow hunter guy but it was a little bit of a dry a dry seminar and I think Chuck would have been better off in a smaller workshop area setting where he can tell a story and, you know, people can bounce questions off of him and maybe open him up a little bit. But 
I, I remember going back in the day and looking forward to those specific people that I was following at the time and um, being able to shake their hand or just hear them out for 30 minutes or 45 minutes. Well, and I mean, uh, I believe this was something else you and I talked about. And if we didn't, I thought about it after we got off the phone because you, you had asked me to do something and I am such a horrible adult. I can't remember what I'm going to talk about there, but I'll talk about whatever you tell me to the thing that I have found, you know, doing presentations all over the place, you know, myself, whether it's a class or just, you know, a three day class or whatever is when you, I, I have seen the ones at the ISE show and not a, not a great amount of God I'm trying to not sound like a total cock when I say this, but not that many people in the in the in the bleachers w w with with different speakers and things like that, and it always was like, man, wh why why isn't there more people, you know, listening? And I think, like you said, depending upon the presentation, how it's set up, and the general vibe and history of that vibe says a lot. So if you, um, I, I don't know, let's pick. I don't know who who do we want to pick. Let's say uh, if if Levi comes out and speaks, or if I speak, or whatever. If it's 40 people or however many, how you set up the workshops and someone wants to go over third axis leveling or spot and stock mule deer or, or, or whatever that, whatever that is, your vibe that you're wanting to do is definitely more honed and pinpointed with exact knowledge rather than a, a general presentation. It, it seems like anyway. Well, and here's the deal, like, you know, you and I talked, you, you were, I just, I, I've got to say this, you know, publicly too, because I really appreciate the time you took early on because you were one of three people I talked to, but two people that I really listened to in regards to um, getting some feedback on specific companies dynamic and, and just the ins and outs, the, the, the back side of industry personnel is very interesting. And I mean, the, to say the least, what people see on the surface is such a small piece of what really, what really makes up the back, the backside of the industry, right? And and so I really appreciate you giving me some insight from certain brands and and even on. I know that you, these trade shows have, for a long time haven't been your thing, man, <laughs> in front of a lot of people. So you you open it up and, and give me some help. I really appreciate it. But you know, for someone like yourself or someone like Levi and we have our main stage where we do have the 300 person seating capacity. And, and again, standing room for another 100 or 150 people around there where I anticipate stuff like that for you guys is where that needs to be, because there's no way in heck I'm going to put you in, in a, a demonstration on, you know, something backcountry or whatever and expect to put them in my little workshop area. It's just not going to happen, you know? So in context, finding the right place for the right people, um, but you're right. Being able to, to get super focused on a detailed thing um, is, oh man, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm a, I, I read book. I still read actual hardcover books. Um, I, I did 75 hard recently and it kind of, kind of reintroduced me back to that world. Cause I've been doing audiobooks for forever, but I just seek, I go out and, and look for information. Sometimes things just out of the box, looking at other industries with different things to see what's working in other industries and try to incorporate it in some of the business business dealings that I work with. So having someone like yourself, even if it's a specific topic, I would rather just say, Aaron, you got 30 minutes on this topic on the main stage because I think you're going to bring in 
we've seen how many people you, you've been able to bring in on so many different, you know, workshops and short or long that that's my job is finding the right place to put the right topics and, and people to make it successful. Because would you want to come back if I put you Aaron, in a workshop area for 40 people or 50 people seating and there's two, 200 people standing around and somebody's in the back can't hear, it's not valuable to them, you know? And, and so that's definitely more like what I say, my frustration. But when I, when I do these and, and by nature, I have had, you know, multiple people say I should have been a teacher. Eh, that's probably not totally true, true, but I, I do like giving like really good info for people that are very intent, like very, people that are really wanting to, to learn. But like I've, I've done presentations in front of, probably upwards of 1500 people, but certainly well over five. I, I didn't count them. And you're right. The ones in the back are talking because they can't hear what I'm saying anyway. And I'm introverted as a as really bad to begin with. And so like those pinpoint workshops are, 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 are huge. And it, without going into more detail on my end of that, what are some of the, are you going to go over on, on some of the workshops? What's your, you know, and I know this is like still rolling out. What, what, what are some of the workshops you're, you're wanting to have? Um, like what, what's your vision? So, you know, I've, um, through, through your recommendation, I've, I've talked to some of the actual people in the field, like, like John Pinch, for example. Right. I mean, to get someone who's hands-on winning these, these, long range competitions that can give you his feedback and his ins and outs and very similar to a Levi Morgan. I mean, I'd love to be able to have like a Levi come in and get into what is the, the, the blend of what he he's taken from the, the target competition world and made him so successful in the hunting world, you know, and things like that. But there's, we've got a whole bunch of different, uh, uh, I'd say that the, the guest speakers list, at this point, our, uh, we've, we sent out a bunch of feelers. We've sent out a bunch of invites. We're starting to, to actually have phone calls with people to see if, if that's going to work out. So we're going to have, on the fishing side, we're going to be uh, approaching some, some guest speakers there. Um, we're also going to be doing on the workshop side, like, uh, you know, Caleb from Cope, uh, Cope, Caleb Copeland from Cope Creative. He's going to be coming down and doing uh, a workshop, like a class a day on filming your hunts and, and editing, you know, like getting started on stuff. So stuff like that, that, you know, people, YouTube and Instagram and, and TikTok and everything else that's just so big, having someone who's got that critical eye from the gear standpoint, the right cameras, what, if you even need a high end camera or, or not, and putting the pieces together, that that's going to be a, I, I think an interesting one that we're, we've already got signed up. Um, like I said, you you and I have talked about a couple ideas, but I almost wanted to leave it open to see what's really relevant leading up to it, because the, I mean, all the broadhead testing you just did, right? It's that's that's super relevant because we were we're in the hunting season, tail end to some people, some people are still in it, but it's relevant, super relevant for the time. Maybe there's some new piece of gear now that new bows are coming out, new, new sites or whatever rest are going to start coming out again. Maybe there's something super relevant at the time that's going to be more practical for and more interesting. So I think that right now we're really trying to focus on personnel. And then once we get the right personnel to say yes or no, commit to a time, a date, then we're going to really start getting more involved in the specific topics. Because like I said, I would rather not have somebody come with a cookie cutter presentation 
I would rather have something that's relevant for what's going on. Yeah. And it's an example for that. Like I just went down and, and spoke down in North Carolina and, uh, I had actually, you know, had a few different ideas of what my presentation would be. And then, and it, we had a kind of a limit amount of people, you know, we didn't overload it. And so when I got down there, I just said, Hey, uh, you know, here's, here's what I, you know, here's what I was thinking of speaking about. Uh, but what, what do you guys want to learn? Which was absolutely nothing that I had actually prepped. Um, but it was easy. It was something I was very, you know, confident, you know, it was, was not a problem, but I was able to figure out what they wanted to by just asking them. And then that's what I, you know, the first day, that's all I, I I taught. And when you talk about like broadhead testing and, and, um, the new bows, the veins, like I've obviously going off the deep end on a weekly basis of something else people want me to test you owning an archery shop. Um, you know, the, the base of what people want to learn, what people need to learn, um, and what people are focusing on. Sometimes it takes somebody in front of them to actually say, Hey, I know you're worried if you should shoot 13, 15 or seven, 17% FOC. And if you should shoot one or two degree helical, but really that shit isn't that important. You probably should actually learn to shoot your bow first. Right. And, and have somebody say that in front of them and then go into shooting it. Um, you know, and that's easier to do when it's what you're trying to represent down there. Uh, and, and there's for, for years, that's been the, my, one of my struggles, we've tried to do workshops as long as I've been open in some capacity, you've come in, I've had Tim Gillingham come in. Um, I've had all kinds of people come in and do, you know, workshops. We've done smaller workshops that we've done ourselves at the shop. And I tell you, well, we'll sit down with the guys and say, this, this is a good idea. Let's, let's do this. And it does great for a couple. And all of a sudden it just kind of dies off. And then in doing that though, you, you realize, like you said, sometimes what you think that people want to hear or learn more about isn't necessarily what they're interested in. And uh, surprisingly, sometimes the, some of the more basic stuff for certain people is, is where they just really want to get better. Cause they're starting to realize some people are realizing that all the bells and whistles don't mean too much if your foundation is garbage. And uh, I, I mean, I think I was a Dudley that did it. I saw a, a short clip a couple months ago where he was shooting, I don't know, three different arrows or four different arrows. And, and he's like, it doesn't matter your form and execution. Everything is what matters. And I thought that was interesting, whether that's a hundred percent true or not. I just, I thought it was interesting to, to get back to that because, you know, his, experience with watching so many people shoot their bows at the tack events and seeing um the rabbit holes that people are, are chasing down it's it's interesting and and like you said man it's if getting back to basics is uh one of the things that um i've just always tried to preach at the shop is proper setup proper tune proper shot execution and then and then chase the 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 rabbits but and I th- don't do it. Don't do it to the opposite. Yeah. Don't put the cart in front of the horse. And I, I think that, uh, well, <laughs> it, I've, I've, there's plenty of tons of people that hate me for being overly blunt. Cause I'll, you know, <laughs> sometimes say things a little rougher than I, than I should. And, uh, I mean, the, I have the best of intentions of it, but it's just easier for me to hit somebody with a hammer sometimes rather than, you know, just tap them with my finger. And when I say that, I, uh, I will, I will get, um, 
and I don't want to talk about this because I like the presentation side of this, of what people learn. When someone is bugging me, if they should use, you know, they'll give me a spreadsheet with uh, 15 different arrow options. And I mean, like, I mean, very well done, like more effort than I would put into really anything. Let's absolutely have to. Right. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I, my, my, what I try to convey is like, Hey, you know what, if, if you actually test all of those and you, um, you know, or you, if, if you really actually, rather than asking me what stabilizer or length or weight you should use, I'll give you kind of a brief outline, but you, you actually shoot and work on those things to figure out what groups better and you become a better archer. By the time you actually learn all of that, you are going to be in a position to where you won't need to ask me anything anyway. And you're always going to ask people for advice. Like if it's something I don't know with photography or, sh or shooting, I'm going to get a base idea, but then going out there and doing it yourself. And the, the thing is, is we're all going to always be, try to be more proficient. You're going to be, try to be, or hope be a better athlete, you know, be a better shooter, be better at your gear, you know, all the different things. When you do a presentation, Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Continue. Well, when you do a presentation and, uh, you know, whether people think it's funny or, or think I'm a dick, but I mean, when I'm up there and I'm like, yeah, this shit really doesn't matter, folks. And, you know, when I say that, you you want the quietest vein, right? Of course you want the, but if you can't hit a stop sign at, at 60 yards, I mean, you're just going to have a quiet vein missing the animal, right? So you really want to focus on your bow being quiet, your shooting ability. And, but you'll learn all of that along the way. And, and some of the easy buttons that are hit nowadays are, kind of take away that. And, and and I know, I mean, you started a little bit later than me with archery, but Pellegrino, um, uh, Bill Pellegrino, it's funny. I had him on the podcast, and I can't remember if he said it on the podcast or before we started but Bill's owned an archery shop for a long time and just a, a gangster in archery. Uh, he's like, you know, it seems people forget hitting the fucking target is actually more important uh, than what you're hitting it with or something like, like that. So pretty comical. No, well, you know what, man, being authentic and telling the truth is uh, I think that I'm at least optimistic that people are coming back around to appreciating that more because for so long, there's been so many sheep that, you know, people are just doing as they're told. And it this, this is in life, this is in sports, this is in hunting. And, you know, the those people that, that are like, uh, like you said, go out and do your own testing, have your own guess, guesstimates as to what you're seeing. And maybe you're not 100% sure. It's like, hey, when I did this and this, this is what I saw. And maybe they go someone like yourself or to a Gillingham or somebody, right? Or a Levi and say, hey, can I ask you a question? I was out shooting my bow and I just changed this one thing. And this is the result that I saw. Is this what I should be seeing? And at that point, it's that's a very specific question, right? Very specific, detailed thing that you can actually, yes. And if you actually add on or, you know, continue adjusting that, this is what you're probably going to see. So if that's what you're looking for or not, then, then great that you've, you've checked off one, one task and, and seeing if there's a direct result of an improvement or not to be become more efficient and then backtrack or keep moving forward. But it's, it's, um, it's interesting, man. I mean, I've, I'm, I'm living it with uh, my 13 year old Dominic. He's, you know, he's been big game hunting with me now for a couple of years. He's got to shoot. I think he shot three does with his bow now. Hasn't been able to get a buck down yet. Hasn't, <clears throat> um, we didn't, 
we've, we've chased elk for two seasons now and we've got to within about 60 yards and effective range wise with him he's pulling 60 pounds now as, as 13 year old so he's he's a he's a little brute but i told him i'm like 40 and in 40 and in you know we're not uh, i built your arrows they're gonna fly great they're gonna penetrate but 40 and in i i and he shoots well but it's it's having to go through the process of teaching uh, him why I do things the way that I do and why you shouldn't do things. And there's certain things I'll let him go down a rabbit hole and go, you know, shooting three different broadheads and, and one's not shooting the same or something else, you know, whatever the case is. And I'm like, look, son, you can't, you got too many variables, simplify just one thing at a time. Okay. And he goes back and he does it. So he's still at an age where he listens, <laughs> but it's, it's interesting with, with, um, going, going back and having to, it's just things that I, I just automatically do. Don't even think about. And then he'll say, well, why'd you do it like that? Oh, okay. Well, actually I didn't think about it, but let, you know, let me tell, let me show you why. Let me tell you why. So I, it's been, it's been fun to go back to that process. Um, I would say a little bit frustrating at times because you know how it is. There's just certain things you're like, just, just do what I say. Yeah. You know, but, like you said, sometimes you're a little bit more abrasive than others, but it's, uh, it's from years of understanding that this just doesn't work together. So just don't do it. But with him, I'm having to take the time to explain it to him because he's really, I mean, he's very, very immersed in the hunting. I mean, he's wrestling's his passion for sports, but he would drop everything to go hunting. And he does drop everything to go hunting because we've, we've tried to get out regularly, but um, anyway, man, it's, it's interesting. And being in a setting like this with, with the hunt expo and, being able to get in front of people. And again, sometimes it's just being able to shake somebody's hand, tell them, thank you. Hey man, that, that piece of that, that private message you, that I sent you that you responded. And, um, you know, I did, I made that fix and it made all the difference. Thank you. I mean, that's huge, you know, for, for people to be able to do that. And, uh, and, and that's what I'm excited about because COVID, you know, whatever COVID, it was COVID and, and Colorado has had what Colorado's had. And I just think it's, it's, it's time for better. And, and I believe that you, you know, that this state is, has a black eye with many things that stem from the political scene and, and it affects outdoorsmen and women big time. And I'm just to the point where I'm just sick of it. And I'm like, something needs to be done to have something to look forward to or have a better platform to showcase how many good people are in Colorado and some of the good offerings that we have in Colorado. And if we can organize and do some fundraising and support some, some people that are fighting back to preserve what we have and to maintain what we have, because once they take shit away, man, it ain't coming back. Yeah, it's just it's just it's the truth. No, that's that's a fact. And I think, um, you know, I don't want to uh, how long do you, do you have an hour so I don't talk your leg off or yeah, I got yeah, I got some more time. Um, you know, so we talked um, rewind, right? We talked about you brought up like the broad head review I just did. And then you talked about your, you know, your son and he's still listening, which that'll go away soon. Uh, I promise my daughter's 22 now. <laughs> um, but I, I, I when when people are going to. Uh, this, if, you know, when, you, if you go to the hunt expo and, and when you, I would, I would, I would have, it, it is weird as I say this, but it, especially you have ADD, you want to have actually a game plan when you go there of who to see and what you want to learn. And that's for the expo. Look at it just like when you go online and Google, 
pick those different things. Like when I when I did the that recent broadhead review, I tried to be as neutral as absolutely possible and speak highly and yeah, I I just weaknesses, strong points and weaknesses of every broadhead. And for you owning an archery range, getting off subject to the expo a little bit, like so when you go to an archery range, you're going to want to walk in if you, and you want to buy a bow, right? Do you have an idea of what bow you want to shoot? Do you have an idea of what, you know, or are you just going to walk in and have the have Phil or bow or hognuts or whoever tell the person what they want? When you go to the expo, you want to have that same kind of blueprint as you do when you go in and buy a bow. Right now, it's like a busy time for everyone because you owning No Limits Archery, you are getting all of the new gear for 2024. Um, I, I Obviously, there'll be a ton of stuff at the expo for people to look at and purchase with you this time of year with you um how hectic is it for you and how hectic has it been over the years with all the new gear coming out right like <laughs> you know i just went over all these broadheads and none of those were one, brand one new. component yeah exactly and there was yeah. one new one the the beast broadhead i had you have to deal with an entire shop it, it, do you want to stab yourself every year at this time or do you like it well so i I'm somewhere in the middle. I, I'm still, um, I still very much enjoy shooting the new bows and looking at the new gear. And I mean, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a hunter like everybody else, you know? So I, I do have the benefit like you in some cases where I can say, well, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to take these three sites and I'm going to roll them back and forth on a couple of different bows. I'm really intrigued by these three new sites, you know, so I get to play with them and it doesn't cost me what it costs the normal person. So it's, I enjoy that part of it. However, on the store side, yeah, it's, I mean, we're dealing with inventory is such a interesting dynamic in the archery world from the standpoint of that's a polite way. Every manufacturer. Well, it's, I tell you what, I have to, I still have to, have to continue a business relationship with with these people hopefully, but man, to, to get three to five new bows every year, that's why when Hoyt did the, the two-year deal the last couple of years, I'm like, oh, I'm, I can breathe a little bit. I'm not so – I mean, I got $1,800 bows that they're, they're going to continue on for another year. Great. You know, I actually like that. Um, I wish it would go more to a two-year, you know, cycle with things like that. Um, in many respects, broadheads are out for, for years, right? Um, arrows – you know, three to five years, maybe they'll, they'll get a facelift or a changeover. Um, you know, one of the staples, we actually talked about the shop just yesterday, uh, spot hog, very few changes over the years. And they're still one of the considered one of the best sites on the market, maybe one of the heavier sites, but one of the best sites on the market from a durability standpoint. Right. And so there's something to be said about that, about perfecting your product and just sticking with it. But then you see the flip side where people, you know, they need to, they need to introduce so many things. And it's like, I'm hesitant to buy so many things because I don't know what's going to stick. You know, I, I, I've learned that my opinion, it was right half the time, if that. So it's, uh, that's where I lean on, you know, the, the guys, Bo and, and Jason and, and Ryan and, and, you know, the, the, the crew that's around there, I feel like they do a pretty good job of listening and when something is valid enough to come back, they're like, Hey boss, uh, you may want to consider this. You know, we've, we've had quite a few people asking about it. We've seen some videos and it looks like it's looked like it's legit. We should maybe bring some in. Okay. So we have a system now to where 
one person alone, probably not going to bring something new in. Uh, but if there's two or three of the people that work at the shop, they're like, Hey, let's check this out. You know, because obviously the sales reps come in and show us stuff, but it's such a, here it is. This is the, this is the features. Okay. Next product, you know, here this is, that's not. Um, so going back to what you said with having a game plan at the expo, that's, that's the right mentality is somebody's going in there to learn something. If you just want to go walk around and see what's there, cool. You know, enjoy yourself, hang out, um, see the, see the who's who, or see who's there, what companies that are there. And, you know, we're going to have a film festival inside the expo Friday night. So maybe you just want to come and watch some hunting films, but it's better if you can be specific with everything. So, man, I tell you, going, going back to the pro shop side of things, it's, certain years are worse than others. Obviously as inventory flows out, if, if we had a good hunting season and we've been able to sell through most of our uh, inventory that needs to get moved, then it makes it so much easier. When we have a lot of carryover items, then there's a lot of black, black Friday discounts. Yeah. Well, I don't want to go into that side of it because like, uh, that's like peeking behind the eyes wide shut curtain, but I, I'll give like, when you're giving an advice on something and, and this is kind of what I was, wait, you brought up a good point. So like for, for me, and I try to be as, as clear about this with people as I can. Cause like, I'll say, I really like something. And then a year later I might switch to something else or I'd be using like, you know, right now I have three different sites and two quiver options. And you know, there's, there's times when you get something and you'll really like it. And I'm not going to mention, I'm going to mention one specific product. And when I say this or two products, I, I guess I should say, when I say, when I speak about these products right now, and I'm sure you can appreciate this, you will go into something and you'll really like it and you'll use it for a while. And then as you use it more and more, there's going to be a few downsides that doesn't make that product bad, but that if you relay the goods and bads of it, that gives someone or, or the listeners or your consumers, something to think about when you're giving that advice. And I'm, I'm going to use the, the new option Canyon pounder, um, which that name, by the way, has, uh, had some pretty favorable memes sent to me, uh, when Dan named it the Canyon pounder, um, that site, I can imagine. Yeah. When I, so when I first got that site, um, I like the idea, you know, because with an option site, you can have one pin, flip it open or flip it closed, have multiple pins. And, you know, and I'll, I'm going to use my my mountain goat when I shot my mountain goat. I, I was it is an amazing site and it, and it is it is badass. Right. But you and I have both shot the same basic setup for many, many years where my bottom pin was my rover. And uh, that's yep. my mover site. So. When I shot my mountain goat, um, you know, I've killed enough stuff to where I I generally don't make too many bad choices on a stock, but I'll give you an idea. I roll up on the goat. I range it. I want pinpoint accuracy. I open my my housing and dial, shoot. It's It's a monsoon when I shoot it. I think I made a good shot, but rain and noise and everything else kind of muffled up. Not sure what, what exactly happened, but I'm pretty sure I made a good shot. So it takes off. And now 
it's at a distance where I'm not using my sight tape on the on side. I'm using it on the off side because I have to use my bottom pin because I'm at extended range now to put in a follow up. So I immediately go to dial and I, I'm like, oh, shit, I have to use my other side. So I go to my other side dial and then I go to go to full draw and I'm like, oh, shit. And then I go to flip the pins down because I have to use my 60 as my rover, not my 40 because on the option Canyon Pounder, your 40 is your rover, your 60 is your extended rover. Most people right now probably don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, which is why I am went back to a standard site because that was an epic clusterfuck, right? I mean, I was like, Jesus. So I'm like, okay, under pressure, I should probably stick with the site that I've always used with, you know, when I say that with multiple pin, bottom pin. Now, trying to relay that message after telling people this is a really good site, it's still a really good site, but there's some downsides to it, right? And, and when I say that, people need to understand that and you don't have to use it the way I had it set up. People shooting really far aren't going to have to worry about using that bottom pin or two sight tapes or whatever else, but con conveying that is, is important, right? And so I went back to a just an HHA Tetra, you know, four pin or whatever and, and you know, back to old school. Well, with what you do or, or, you know, you're not in the shop as much. If someone walks in, how many different bow lines do you carry? Uh, six or seven, I think. Okay. By the time you talk about like bear and some of the other ones. And then what's your number one? What's your, your primary? Like every shop generally has kind of a higher seller. Yeah. Matthews and Hoyter are two kind of one and one A. That's, those are the two main lines that we sell. So like when someone walks in, would you say that they're going to be the best archer they can be by buying a Matthews or a Hoyt or yeah. would they be as good shooting another bow? Yeah. I, I think that um, I'm, I'm a huge believer in different styles of, of shot execution. And, and I guess what I think this is maybe going a little further than what you're asking, but you know, there, there's the, the command shooters where you're, push pull you're locked in and you're hammering a freaking puncher and there's the guys that push pull and they're squeezing into the shot to get that squeeze to help you execute it whether you're using a hinge or um, a tension or something else right there's different bows that lend themselves to be better for those different types of executioners or sh shooters and do you know that day one no don't know that day one um do you know that year five sometimes you still don't know that year five so what we try to do is measure someone, ask some questions, hunting target, whatever, where are you going to be hunting whitetail primarily? Are you going to be hunting Western? You know, what, oh yeah, I'm going to, I'd love, uh, I'm high country mule deer is what I've always wanted to do. Okay. Well, we're probably going to be looking at something that's going to have to be a little more forgiving for distance shots. So we're going to take three, four, five bows. And I always try to get the guys to get one from every manufacturer to demo because somebody could say, I'm going to narrow it down to these two line, two bows. Well, hold on because We've just given you one of each, but this, like PSE, for example, he's got three, three different bows that are kind of similar in specs here. So you really like the PSE, so we're going to go ahead and give you a second PSE to try to see if you like that one any better. So it's always kind of a process of elimination, but we start general if we can. You always try to start general. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> well, I don't want to confuse people anymore on this subject and uh... – we're I'm babbling anyway, but let's let's talk about the mountain lion problem in Colorado, um, and and kind of what you're doing to to help out with that. So yeah, I mean, with 
um, being introduced to a lot of different organizations and uh, foundations, if you will, through the expo side. Um, and, and me being one of those guys that is just kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, kind of had my head in the sand. It's like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to pay my fees. I'm going to go hunting. I'm going to be a member of the CBA and the RMES, some of these memberships that, that I've had for years through, you know, some, some through the shops some, some through not, but I really haven't done much to support. I mean, I'll, I'll go to a meeting or I'll share something here and there, but I have not been vocal by any means or supportive as much as I should to the people that are on the front lines trying to, to preserve hunting rights in Colorado. And one of the things that I'm going to be kind of move, doing moving forward is, you know, through no limits, um, you know, portion of every sale that goes through the register, we're going to start donating uh, a portion to the uh, Save the Hunt Colorado Project. The CRWM is, and Dan Gates is um, kind of at the at the spearhead with a lot of um, pushing back and fighting and on the, on the legislative side to preserve hunting rights and me having young boys and selfishly, I want to be able to hunt for years to come as long as I'm healthy. We, we have to speak up. We have to show support with our, our wallets. Um, There's it's, it's scary to see how organized and how well-funded these anti hunters are. It really is. And even though that what I do at the shop is probably going to be a drop in the bucket compared to, you know, what, what's needed, you know, we're going to start. And uh, I just encourage people to really reconsider sitting back and not doing anything because man, I mean, how close was the, was the wolf vote that should have hopefully, you know, should, it should have been different and hopefully the mountain lion. Yeah. Less than 1%. So to think that the, I'm just going to, those few, I have to try to be as politically correct. And I don't like, I don't like that term, but those few people that sway the vote in the other direction, a lot of them just don't know any different. They just don't know. Right. Oh, you know, yeah. Well, well, they were always here, so we should have them back. Okay. No problem. They don't know all the details that, you know, the management company that's going to have to deal with it now is, you know, not not for it you know there's already been wolf migrating in the wolves that they're going to be bringing in all the things that are you know that people don't even didn't take the time to to even consider now we're starting to look at it with the mountain lions and for them to throw the links in there i mean how dumb is that yeah seriously how how (laughs) it's 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 stupid you know and the people that don't know don't know well you can't even hunt the links in colorado oh so why are they what is it? I mean, it's, it, it, when you really start to wrap your head around it, it's, um, and again, I'm, 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 I would say I'm very ignorant and I'm learning. I'm trying to get more informed to uh, what I can to do what I, to, to do what we can to, to make sure that we can preserve and, and support the people that are fighting, um, this fight on the front end, because, uh, you know, we, uh, man, I, I, I hate to see mountain lions go. And then pretty soon, you know, here they come after, you know, bears again in the fall, and then pretty soon everything else follows because that's how it's going to go. It it will, and I, I you know, I I just was on a a flight to, a, a, anyway, my recent I was in North Carolina. On the flight down, the person that sat beside me, um, 
without going into great detail, her husband worked as one of the main, one of, I want to say one of the, I would say senior instructors or main people for a program that's here in Wyoming. Um, and it's an outdoor program. So hiking, um, you know, expeditions, things like that. <clears throat> so she, she, she and I were talking and, and, uh, I can't remember what it was. She, she, oh, she, I was showing her some photos and uh, there was a, a dead mountain lion in the photos. She was chill. She didn't mind. She was looking at hunting photos and she was like, oh, aren't those uh, extinct or endangered? And I'm like, no, that's a, that's a mountain lion. She's like, oh, I, I think they're endangered in, uh, in Wyoming. And I'm like, mm, no, no, there, it's <laughs> actually quite a bit of them. And, uh, you know, I was super chill about it and was, ex you know, again, just teaching, right? Just making sure she understood at the end of that conversation that they're how the circle of life, at least in my eyes, works. I was like, actually, they're a, a very dominant predator. And here in Wyoming, we always, you know, already have to worry about wolves and grizzly bears plus mountain lions. And so they're actually really hard on the ungulates. And I went through the entire spiel. By the end of that, she was like, I had no idea. Now, that part didn't bug me as much as the fact that her husband, is one of the primary influencers of an extremely large outdoors program here in Wyoming. And I'm thinking, holy shit, I hope she didn't learn that from him because that everything she said was totally not true. So educating people is, is huge. And like you said, there are people, there are hunters that are really for the integration of wolves. There may be hunters because I, I specifically, um, when I shot my last mountain lion, I had friends that were hunters that were giving me shit about shooting that mountain lion. And one, they didn't know they taste good. So that was, you know, they didn't think you ate it Two, They were like, why? That makes no sense. Why would you shoot a cat? And I'm like, really? Like, holy cow. And so that 1% could easily have been hunters that voted in this case, wolves into Colorado. And it's, it, if you just want to see wolves again, I get it, but think long-term is there a management program? What will the long-term issues be? Will that take away hunting because of the ungulate population going downhill because of the increased number of predators? And, and much like you, until the last few years, I just head in the sand, went hunting, that was it. Now, obviously, I'm donating money and doing all kinds of shit and with it I can to help. It's it's alarming, though, the direction that, that it's going, especially in Colorado. Yeah, and, and that's, the, that's the big thing because again, through the sports side with the kids, we get to meet a lot of other parents and fa and families that, that don't hunt, you know, so they're very intrigued. Oh yeah. You know, D Dominic or Elias isn't going to be at a practice week. We're going hunting. Oh, you guys hunt. And some people are a little bit standoffish and some people are just like, because they know that we're not animals because they see us in other settings, they'll at least they're open to a conversation, you know, and, and that's where it's <clears throat> having a good idea and perspective on how to talk to some of these people to where it's not, it's not intimidating. It's not, um, you know, like it, we're, we're not massacring animals and, you know, wh whatever that's, it's not the case. And them saying, it's like, Hey, you know, for years, I, I don't buy very much meat, if any red meat from the grocery store, you know, it's like, you know, if I'm inviting people over or family that I know doesn't eat game meat, okay, I'll go buy some steaks or something else. But we all, my family, that's what we eat, you know, and, and to think how some of these people, they just don't, they don't know the inner, inner workings of it in, in the same way that they're just so ignorant about the day-to-day -day stuff that hunters do. Us hunters, like you said, 
are not very well versed on what's going on on the legislative side. And um, anyway, man, I mean, it's this, it's a whole different topic and rabbit hole that I know you've covered some in the past and it's, it's, it's something that we're focused on with Expo. I'm, I'm starting to uh, be more conscious of it with, with the archery shop and try to show some support there. I mean, I've supported conservation companies for years, donations and stuff with bows for their banquets and everything else. And so I've done it for a long time, but it's the hand, it was the hands-off approach, you know, and I just feel that, you know, if you, if you know one or two people that are non-hunters, I wouldn't say anti-hunters because that's a whole different animal to task to tackle if you're trying to change an anti-hunter's mind, but, but a non-hunter that just doesn't know any different, if you can get in their ear and, and explain to them a little bit about what you do and why you do it and how it's valuable and how we actually preserve wildlife and enhance wildlife, you know, conditions and everything else, I think we can, we can make a dent. We, you know, in the wolf situation, it was a 1%. Who knows what it could be with this mountain lion stuff because the mountain lions, like you said, they're perceived so much different. Why would you shoot one? Why would anybody shoot one? Well, when they come picking your dog out the backyard or your cat, you know, and, and you start to see them out your back door, it's, it's, it's going to open some people's eyes. Oh, hundred percent. Uh, I mean, and it's never a problem until it's a problem or it's never in someone's, um, the frontal it's, it's never, uh, mm, what I put like, no one cares, uh, you know, everybody loves wolves until they're, you know, eating your dog or, or they're your cattle or whatever you want to look at or and mountain lions are no different. And, you know, while I, I understand people being conscious, uh, conscious, or I guess what I'm saying, the teaching people or informing them at the best of your ability so they can make a good conscious decision and not one off of, um, emotion is the most important thing. So they understand while they may not a hundred percent agree with the taking of a mountain lion, they at least understand why it needs to be done. Um, and they don't really, from what I've seen, they don't really look at the long-term effect of the initial decision they make from emotion. And by the time they've made that emotional decision, it's too late when they realize that that emotional decision could be bad. Um, the, current state of the world right now or the you the lower 40 or the, the united states is a prime example of that long-term effects the trickle down the unintended consequences are, are huge and, and wildlife management's no different no and that's it man i mean we're like i've 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 started to post some stuff on my instagram page just little casual conversations and and like i tell people i'm not asking you to you have to do this if you're not no just under, i'm trying to get you to understand why i do it and why i value it so if if we can meet somewhere in the middle of un, under from an understanding standpoint then we're in a better place because like you said few, the, the the whole thing that you see on people's shirts or whatever few will hunt right whatever the it's it's true not everybody wants to do this but you know, and not every shit, even the people that want to do it. Some of us, some of us aren't very good at it sometimes, you know, but, um, but we, we just need to have a mutual respect amongst those that, uh, that just don't know that much. So anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get behind that a little bit more on the business side. Um, we've got a lot of projects in the work, so I, I'm excited, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to, to talk with me about this. Cause like I said, like, you, you know, we mentioned, you know, you were one of the early ones on that, 
that I just, I went to and I, I bounced some ideas off of, and you gave me some contacts and you, you know, some suggestions and, and things that are starting to materialize, man. So I'm excited. I'm excited to have you out and, and, um, and you know, the rest of the Kafaru team and Jody and the crew to set up and the, the born primitive side. And, and, uh, I've got to use some of the gear and man, I, I tell you, it's, it's, um, it, 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 we as hunters are in a good place right now for the most part, from a gear standpoint, we really are. There's some, there's some great gear out there and there should not be a lot of excuses from the, from, from people that, that get out and hunt or spend time outdoors from the gear standpoint. There's, there's just, there's such good, it's a good time. That's how I feel. So I'm, I'm excited to be able to showcase a lot of that at, an, at a, a new hunt expo. Yeah, no, you're you're 100 percent correct. And uh, when I started hunting, there was no cell phones or rangefinders, so I don't have a lot of sympathy or empathy with certain complaints today. Because I'm like, hmm, you know what? At least you have an air pad because mine was foam. You know, yeah. And I make jokes about it, and, and I, I'm the old fart now that that I used to make fun of. Like, ah, oh, what? You know, uphill both ways. But it's truly, I'm like, look, you guys have. When I say you guys, I we have every pot. I mean every possible thing you could do to put an arrow through an animal and make it as comfortable as humanly possible. You have it now. And even the shitty gear nowadays is 10 times better than what we had back in the day. And so you're right. It's, it is a good time to be a, be an outdoorsman, a hunter and a fisherman or fisherwoman. No. And, and that's it, man. So I, um, you know, I guess one thing, if you don't mind, before we get off, I wanted to, uh, our website is live. It's milehighhuntexpo.com. I wanted to throw for the Kafaru listeners out there, um, Kafaru cast a, a promo code if it's cool with you. Just, you know, a couple bucks off the general admission tickets. Ticket sales are open. If you want to stay at the Gaylord, we have a, a select amount of rooms on a room rate. You can go book all that stuff through our website. Um, come hang out with us for the weekend. You know, it's it should be a good weekend all around. Um, you you might even you might even see the the mythical creature Aaron Snyder running around uh, some somewhere back and forth, right? So it, it it's it's um, one of those things, man. It's it's it'll be a good weekend. Uh, Luke and the crew, uh, Derek Wolf's partnering with us with a lot of things. Some of the other partners, Mavens uh, coming on as a partner. Uh, Colorado School of Trades, obviously Duck Unlimited, Kafaru, Wilderness Athlete. Our our film festival is uh, sponsored by Western Hunter. So we've got some exciting, exciting things in the works, man. So I, I appreciate the opportunity to showcase that a little bit and, um, and just talk about it, but there's, there's going to be more info coming. So follow us on, on Instagram as well for info, uh, on once we get the, the guest speakers thing dialed in, cause like I said, that's just starting to unfold now, um, or materialize. And I'm really excited about some of the potential that we have there. Um, but man, I, I really appreciate the time today and, and look forward to, uh, look forward to seeing, seeing all this come together. No, I'm excited. And I was thinking that if you have any kind of a competition there that you should have like a Gaylord Martha Fokker award, uh, <laughs> since it's at the Gaylord. So like a trophy, um, whatever that, you know, whatever competition that would be, that would be a, a good one that people would remember. Uh, I'll bet we can get creative with something there and, and make, put our own twist to it. But, um, uh, yeah, man, any, um, any insight and, and, uh, ideas you, you kick over, I really appreciate those. And, and we'll, we'll look into them. Um, if anybody's interested, we still have exhibitor space available. 
uh, starting to get filled up, but we still have some space available as well. So reach out to me, Phil at milehighhuntexpo.com. And then, so the, the promo code for the listeners is going to be Kafaru2024, all caps, Kafaru2024. If you go to our website, milehighhuntexpo.com, uh, we're going to take some, uh, take a few bucks off the general admission price. And, um, I look forward to, I look forward to seeing you guys, man, and seeing, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that I don't get to connect with as often as we used to. I mean, you know, the hikes and everything we used to do, man, I came across some, some stuff the other day and, uh, fun times. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I, fun uh, times, so. yeah, yeah. Hiking up the fire road. Yay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I was there, if I'm I was talking do about them. the breakfast afterwards. Yeah. Oh yeah. That too. <laughs> oh shit. No, it was good. It was, it was fun. So, well, man, I appreciate the friendship over the years of the support and, and uh, yeah, this is going to be exciting. Anybody obviously uh, with the vendor space available, this is going to be a good show where you get a lot of people looking at it that aren't, you know, kicking tires and some will kick, but um, you know, it'll be very pinpointed. So I encourage anybody thinking about uh, as a vendor signing up for it. And then obviously uh, people wanting to attend my whole crew will be down there. Um, I'm going to have a bunch of my instructors, um, just tier one guys down there. So, you know, they, as time goes on, that may be something we have, uh, do some land nav schools with the, with the instructors I have, there's going to be a lot of options and a lot of opportunities. So uh, I'm excited about it. Yeah, me too. And I really appreciate the friendship as well. And, and look forward to, uh, um, I, like I said, just look forward to, to seeing where, where things go because, <clears throat> Sky's the limit is the way I feel. I mean, even though Colorado, like I said, has gotten a black eye in the past for certain things, I think that this could be a small beacon of hope for certain things, at least something for people to look forward to and get the like-minded people in the room, in the building together. So anyway, um, I appreciate you, man. We'll, we'll stay in touch and tell, tell everybody over there I said hi, and we will uh, we'll talk soon. Cool. Sounds good, man. Take it easy. You too. Thank you. Yep. Bye-bye.